In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. Hi, all. Nicole here. This podcast is intended to inspire you on your personal spiritual journey to inner peace. I am not a psychologist or a medical doctor and do not offer any professional health or medical advice. This applies to the podcast guests and or co-hosts. If you are suffering from a psychological or medical condition, please seek help from a qualified health professional. You are listening to A Psychic Story, a podcast that shares behind-the-scenes insights of people who lead supernatural lives among the ordinary. And I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Join me every Wednesday as I dispel the myths behind magic and lore. Welcome to A Psychic Story. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of A Psychic Story. For this episode, I have Mary Beth Schrutter. She is the founder of Day One Life Coaching, which is a transformational alternative and holistic health service specializing in addiction recovery, spiritual coaching, mindset coaching, and the law of attraction coaching. Mary Beth has successfully guided many clients to reach their full potential using her innovative and transformational techniques. And I wanted to give a special shout out to Mary Beth because she's based in Cincinnati, Ohio. So I'm very excited that I have somebody in person, not we're recording this still virtually, but that we can hang out. But welcome, Mary Beth. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to do this episode with you. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. And we are going to be talking about spiritual recovery a little bit later in the episode, but you know the drill. The biggest thing that I like to focus on is each individual person's experience and story. So I'm going to hand it over to you wherever you would like to start because you have a very fascinating life and experience, which got you to here. We were even talking yesterday. There's just several things. So please just with the listeners, tell us a little bit about yourself. So many things. Well, where to start? Well, I guess we could start where, you know, just my entire life, I've had just paranormal psychic activity. And it's the same old story where you just kind of think it's normal because as a child, as a kid, you just think everybody experiences life the way you do. You don't really realize how different you are until later when you start verbalizing it and you get these strange looks like, what are you talking about? But I've always been a person who's just been really, I've kind of noticed naturally about the law of attraction. I didn't know what to call it until I saw that movie, The Secret in 2006. And I was like, yes, this is what I've been trying to tell people. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And although I don't feel like it's a very, I love that movie. I love how it's an introduction. It's, It's very basic and um, I think there's so much more to it than that movie presents. It kind of makes it look like, oh, 
I can sit on a meditation cushion and, you know, just think positive thoughts and everything. I'm just going to be a magnet for all good things. And it's way more complicated than that. And I spent since 2006, so many years just really digging into it. And I, I, I just, it was definitely a calling of mine to become a teacher of the law of attraction because of how much it changed my life. I actually use the law of attraction to quit addictions, several of them. Mm. I've got that addictive personality in me. So alcohol was the number one. And my clients, most of them, what the perfect client, let's talk about like my perfect client, like my ideal client who's going to actually probably resonate. I'm going to resonate with them, Mm -hmm. in other words, would be someone who like, so I had, I was running two businesses while I was still drinking. And I started my coaching business while I was still drinking. I actually didn't think that I had a a big problem because let's think about society and the way society is where it's just, it's glorified to be honest, right? So everywhere you go, guess guess what? Now I'm the oddball. I'm, I'm going on four years sober, actually September 8th. And I don't count the days and we'll talk about that later. It just happens to be my my friend's birthday. Um, so I just remember the last time I drank. You know, it's just is something that really helped me get out of uh, addiction and it can be applied to every issue, every issue, the law of attraction, once you're aware of it, because we are always, always manifesting. It's just, are we doing it by default or are we doing it deliberately? Mm-hmm. So there's so much misinformation out there. And so like I said, since 2006 and, and just kind of brainwashing myself a lot with Abraham Hicks. You're familiar with yes. Abraham Hicks, mm-hmm. I'm sure that, and then, and then all the sources and seeing all the different things that people, the misconceptions as well. I just had, I, I just was like, oh my gosh, this is so wonderful that I get to share this with others. And once I finally got it, cause it's, it's a lot more complicated than you think because we manifest both directions. We manifest all the good things, but we also manifest the negative and it's all to do with our thoughts our beliefs, but mostly the way we feel. The way we feel is above and beyond everything. So positive affirmations are great. But if you don't believe what you're saying, you know, you've got to actually feel. You got to feel, you know, that's what a lot of my coaching is about is helping people understand how to use the law of attraction to improve their life in every that's why you read that long list of things that I do is because it works for career abundance addiction. I mean, and food addiction, like I get a lot of food addiction people, like people don't even think of that as an addiction. Like you're trying to lose weight. What's the definition of an addiction? Mm -hmm. There's something that is negative in your, you know, it's having a negative effect in your life, yet you're not able to stop. So that's, that applies to so many things out above and beyond alcohol and drugs. And I think most people only kind of think alcohol and drugs and, you know, we've got overthinking is an addiction. People just overthink that has a negative effect on your life. Overworking, negative thinking, negative thinking is subconscious programming, right? Um, so that's another thing I work with coaching is one-on-one is so helpful for people because a lot of, well, our subconscious by definition, we're not aware of it, right? So you know, we kind of are able to figure out those programs and patterns that are causing the addiction, that are causing anything that someone's feeling stuck in life. Maybe it could be their career, just they just feel stuck. And a lot of it sometimes is just figuring out, oh, they don't feel they're worthy. Something like that. You know, like it's different for everybody. No session is going to be the same. But the reason I'm obsessed with the law of attraction is because it really does. It applies to everything because it is all about 
manifesting your reality. We create our own re- reality. What we focus on gets bigger. So it's, it's amazing to me that most people aren't aware of how much effect that their thoughts and their beliefs and their feelings have on their day and that they do, they do create their own reality. And we can only manifest within our personal belief system. So let's, let's change our belief system. I'd love to go back and I, I do want to talk about the law of attraction and then addiction a little bit more. But when you yeah. mentioned when you were younger, maybe you didn't say younger, but you saying your whole life, you were having these experiences. Talk a little bit about what it was that you were experiencing. And then you, you said also, I believe there was, you realized that other people weren't necessarily having those kind of same experiences because that was part of the reason why you went towards either overworking or drinking and not because it was a everyday thing. I think you had just defined or described yourself as you were functioning. You just weren't necessarily realizing how that was impacting you and that changed and everything. But I want to talk about your experiences first because I think that'll help give people examples of maybe they're not picking up that they're doing or experiencing the same types of things. So when I was younger, it's still this way, but I am able to help help a little bit, like keep myself grounded more. But you, I didn't know what an empath was. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to absorb other people. I feel other people's energy, feel other people's feelings. And when you're a child, you don't know the difference between your feelings and somebody else's feelings, right? So what I noticed, um, and I think this is going to be very helpful for your audience, because I feel like a lot of, you know, people and a lot of your audience is going to already be empaths mm-hmm. and maybe not be aware of it and not understand like, why they have anxiety. Well, for what I learned later in life, much later in life was that being an empath, you know, I'd be in a crowd and I would start to get anxious and I'd have to, you know, get away. Well, that's because of you're absorbing other people's energy. And I didn't realize that. I just thought it was my own thoughts and my own feelings. So I've learned, you know, I'm pushing 50 now. I've learned to kind of block that out. I know different ways that I do little different techniques to protect myself from other people's energy. And, you know, in order to be a coach, I have to do that, right? Like I can't absorb my client's energy. I have to be able to protect myself. And I also do little cleansing things between each client too. It's funny. I heard you talk about spiritual hygiene yes. the other day on one of your podcasts. And I was like, that is so funny because I call it spiritual. I said, I don't want to spread any spiritual STD, you know, between <laughs> Yes, that's funny. That's funny. So, but also you mentioned at one point you lived in a haunted house and you were experiencing that. And so you would naturally gravitate to other things to kind of block it out. Oh, I, that's why I really started drinking a lot when I lived in that haunted house because I was scared. I mean, it was a freaky, freaky situation, but I want to talk about before that. So that was only, so my son's 20 years old and that was when he was 15 So, but to back up when I was 18 years old would be, I think when I, and I know that's like pre-drinking age, but yep, this is what happened. So I was always, like I said earlier, always just drawn to spiritual stuff, drawn to to personal development. And and anyone who's listening, if those things that you were drawn to, those things that you just feel you have a passion for, that's your gift. That's, that's, that's the universe telling you, Hey, you know, this is your calling. This is what might be in your soul contract or whatever you're meant to do. So those things that excite you really, really follow those. And so I was always drawn to spiritual stuff and always drawn to counseling type. Like I always had people way older than me asking me for advice, like my whole life. So that was just kind of an energetic, natural thing that happened. So that's another thing. But at age 18, so I'm reading a book on near-death experiences and just 
just like I would, I've read a lot of spiritual books, but this was my first book that I read about near death experiences. And what happened was it triggered this, what I, what I called a quantum experience for lack of a better word. Cause I've heard Dr. Wayne Dyer call his experience that, and it sounded, his sounded a little bit like mine. Um, because, because I was 18, by the way, I didn't know what was happening. There was no internet back then, back <laughs> in the day. Back in the olden days, Nicole. Yes, so I remember I that well. Actually, mm-hmm. <laughs> there was no internet. I didn't know what's happening. But what it's really difficult. I, I could spend hours talking about it. But at the end of the day, it was almost like having, it was like I was remembering my spirit. I was put into this, like I, I, what I, with the knowledge I have today, I would say I was living in 5D mm. for about two weeks. For about two weeks, it was just this unconditional love and bliss. A lot of the things that near-death experiencers would say, but I didn't have the death part. Wow. I was still, you know, it, it just was a sh- energetic shift into 5D. And I didn't know what, I couldn't have said that back then, but I went to the library. I learned, uh, that's how I had to find out because that's what we did back then <laughs> is, is go to the library and research. And I looked up and, you know, there were things, some people called it enlightenment, nirvana, spiritual awakenings and all that. And I was just in this blissful, like I was able to see how everything was connected. We're electromagnetic beings. I was downloaded all this information. Now, before I get too excited, I didn't get to keep all that. I'm sure it's in my subconscious, but a lot of it's like, not like I was like quantum physics, right? Today makes my brain blow up. I love it. I'm so obsessed with it. But you know, that I was actually getting downloads back then where I was understanding it. I was understanding this and the oneness and how everything's connected. But here we are in this 3D reality, duality of earth where we, we experience contrast and we're meant to experience contrast. That's how we grow. That's how we learn and evolve, right? So long story short, I was in this ecstatic state I guess Abraham Hicks would call it being in the vortex for two weeks. And um, I don't think my, what, what I've heard that it's called re- just recently, only two weeks ago, I heard it's called a spiritually transformative experience, STEs, mm. not STDs. I didn't have an STD. I had an STE. And um, so that's what it's called. And I never, I don't even know how, as much as I listen to spiritual podcast, I don't know how I only heard about this two weeks ago. So it's people are getting in groups now and discussing it and being more open and all of us were afraid to discuss it because we're we because I did discuss it and Mm -hmm. I was told I was crazy and because nobody you're on this high frequency that nobody else can relate to and you don't make sense to people because it's kind of like dialing into a radio they're tuned in a completely different station they can't hear you and that's just the same with everyday life too like we're always tuned into a certain frequency and we're going to attract things that are on our frequency, right? So that's um, how the law of attraction works. Like we're going to, someone's going to be on our radar, radar who's also like tuned into our vibration. So back then, and this is how the drinking got started. I know that was your question. <laughs> is um, So I was trying to tell everyone, I was, I wanted everyone to feel what I was feeling. You know, I was in love with the world. Like this oneness thing you want is you're blissed out. You're trying to explain so that somebody can relate and you can sh- and you can talk about it and have a conversation. Yes. And if it happened today, guess what? We got the internet. I would have found a tribe same day. I would have been like, boom, I could have Googled stuff and it wouldn't have been this, what turned into a negative experience. I don't know if you've heard the saying before enlightenment, carry wood, chop water. 
after enlightenment, carry wood, chop water. Meaning a lot of times people think your life's going to be instantly transformed and that's not exactly how it, it goes. This was more for me, like planting a seed. You, do you know what I mean? It was a big, it, it's a huge step, but I didn't see it that way at the time because I couldn't get anyone to understand me or relate to me. So I was like, well, the only time I really feel connected to people now is if I'm drinking alcohol. So I started to drink alcohol more because I wanted to get back to that feeling because being in that high fre- frequency and then coming back down to this lower frequency, of which is just daily life on 3D earth, right? It was just such a huge contrast that I, it got depressing. Does that make sense? Oh, it, to- it totally makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did not integrate this well because I was 18. I didn't know what happened. I didn't have anyone to talk to. And I, I could pinpoint that being where I started to over drink, you know. And and by the way, you said I, I didn't drink that every day. I did drink every day towards, <laughs> especially towards the end. I was drinking every day, but it was in the acceptable way that society is. Like, a glass of wine at dinner or whatever it is. Or, you know, what I would be more like, and and this is completely from, from what I, the people I know, it's a totally acceptable. You go out and, you know, you have a couple glasses of wine, maybe come home, have another glass. You know, it's it's just easy to have a bottle of wine. I was red, I was a red wine. I wasn't like drinking everything, you know, in sight. I was a red wine lover. And, you know, it's just what I, I didn't have a rock bottom though. That's what I mean by fully functional. Like I was excelling in life. I was very successful, but I knew too much about law of attraction. I knew too much about frequency. I knew, realized it was lowering my vibration. And I could no longer tolerate that. Like, honestly, it started to make me more and more sick. The more I raised my vibration, I was like, I, I drank less and less just naturally because, and that's one of the things that I coach. I want to help people raise their vibration because these addictions start to fall away on their own. You, do, it, when you start to raise your vibration, you don't have the physical tolerance <laughs> or the spiritual tolerance. And it's, 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 so that's kind of how my coaching is geared towards helping bring awareness. And a, a lot of times we education, just understanding what alcohol does and the, the science part of it, you know, I wasn't able to sleep. Well, I was able to sleep, but the scientists, the science part real quick, just because I know this is going to resonate with people, they're going to be like, Oh my gosh. So I thought I had insomnia. I thought that I had, you know, anxiety, you know, but drinking alcohol is like pouring gasoline on anxiety, you know, cause I do have a tendency to have you know, you're also, it's a lower vibrational substance. So it's bringing you, it's lowering you down and you're, you are, especially if you're intuitive, if you are psychic, everybody's psychic. We know that it's just who's, you know, are you tuned in? Are you developing those skills that we all have? Well, I was, you know, I definitely have my antennas up. So I'm able to feel these negative energies and frequencies way more, you know, like you're opening yourself up to them when you drink, you just are. And so in the middle of the night, when I would wake up at 3 a.m., it's because here's the science part where alcohol, your, well, your body is going to create stimulants to counteract the alcohol because alcohol is a depressant. So this is what your body's supposed to do. It's science. That's what, that's what is always going to happen. Well, you're going to create these stimulants. And this is why moderation stops working eventually is because your body remembers like maybe you only have one glass a night, one, one glass one night. I'm only have one glass of wine. And you do, but last time you drank, you had a whole bottle. But so your body at the first glass creates the number of stimulants from the last time you drank. So like you, yeah. So you have all these stimulants in your body about four to five hours after the alcohol wears off. Um, 
all you have is all these stimulants. So you wake up at two or three in the morning with your heart racing. And this is not for, for, it didn't happen to me until my forties. So I think there's like a hormonal thing, like things shift, things shift. So ladies, if you're in your forties, pay attention to that hormonal change. Like you, you really do lose a tolerance and it really does affect your sleep more because alcohol throws off your hormonal, your endocrine system in general, everything's thrown off. And then you're thinking you have insomnia and anxiety when it's really you're, you're drinking alcohol, you're causing the imbalances that cause the anxiety. It also depletes your body of vitamins and minerals. And when you're, when you don't have, there's certain minerals and vitamins that when you don't have them, it causes depression also. So a lot of these things that we are like, oh man, I'm just a victim of dep- these, you know, mental health issues. And, and some people are, it's nothing to do, but I just want to make sure people are aware that it could also be due to alcohol that you're drinking that's causing these imbalances, that's causing anxiety and depression and sleeplessness and things like that. Because I wasn't aware of it until after I was coaching and I was decided to add the niche of addiction recovery. And I'm starting, and I always go above and beyond. I have so many niches, you know, as a spiritual, I, I just never stop learning. I love it. I love learning. And I'm, so I go above and beyond and read this book called Alcohol Explained by William Porter. And that's where he was talking about learning. A, he was just trying to digging into research on why can't I sleep at night? Why can't I sleep? Like, why am I waking up in the middle of the night? And so that was when I was like, ding, 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 ding. That's my thing. That was what was going on with me. And it was such an eye opener. And honestly, I, that's when I realized I had that problem is when I was getting my niche to, you know, to help people with addiction recovery, thinking I'm going to help people. I wasn't thinking I had it. <laughs> a lot of people who have addictions don't realize it. That's the thing. They're like, I can quit anytime. Well, then I tried to quit. And guess what? Wasn't that easy because it was such a huge habit over decades. Everywhere I was, I was that when you try to quit, that's when you know. So I would encourage your listeners. If you think you're not addicted to something, go a week without it. And then let me know, let me know. <laughs> How that goes. That could be consuming content and watching TV or streaming services all the time. It could be, it could be working. I was a huge, still am a little bit, spoiler alert, overworking. I'm a huge workaholic, which also caused my insomnia and everything else. So there's multiple ways. And I do want to talk about the different types a little bit here in a moment. But you said something that like I was like a light bulb went off in my mind the sometimes people drink or do other types of addictions to open themselves up. So drinking, for example, because I've had, I'm not an expert in this, but I had a couple of people come to me and they realized, oh, I feel like if I drink or uh, there's cannabis, there's other types of of things too, that sometimes people use them recreationally and then others, it's more, uh, you know, an often thing that they use regularly. That said, I tuned into these situations intuitively and I was noticing that it seemed like some, not all, were almost using these substances in order to connect and feel that, I almost call it oneness, but get information or feel grounded, not necessarily numbing out, which I think a lot of times society tends to say we're doing, especially if we're sensitive or intuitive or we're picking up on those things. So what's your perspective from that? And I know that there's a variety, there's gray areas, but from your experience personally, but then also working with people. So I used it more as an escape and to numb out and to to not feel as much because I feel so much, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm one of those highly sensitive people. So that's why I used it. 
Um, I know plenty of, yeah, ayahuasca and things like that will help people. So that wouldn't be, so because I had my spiritually transformative experience, uh, naturally, I had it naturally. I personally would not, especially with my addictive personality, I wouldn't try any of that stuff like plant medicine. People love it. I have not, I have no opinion on that whatsoever. I, I think that's an individual thing. I just know myself too much to where I'm not going to try to get into something like that and end up, you know, getting addicted to, because <laughs> I've noticed like when I listen to podcasts like that, a lot of spiritual podcasts, they they do it regularly, plant medicine, things like that. And to have the experience, I mean, that's, that's great for them, but I am kind of wondering like, why do you have to keep doing it over and over? You know, I don't know. I, my kind of, my goal is to get there naturally. Like every single day I set myself up to be in the highest frequency possible. I do what I, and this is what I would coach, you know, anyone who has coached with me, they know that we have to set ourselves up every day to be on the highest frequency possible. So we, so we are prepared for the inevitable curveballs, right? Mm -hmm. That life throws at us. This doesn't mean we don't have bad days. It means we are prepared our best way to be prepared for that contrast, that inevitable contrast that's going to happen. And everybody, nobody escapes it, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Nobody escapes this contrast in life. Yeah. I haven't tried the plant medicine or anything else like that. And I do think, like you said, it's individual. It depends on each person's journey. And, but ultimately, yes, the goal would be that you're getting to a certain state naturally and that you could do it more frequently and every day and not necessarily have to use anything. Certain things are tools, whether it's meditation, plant medicine, that sort of thing. But I can definitely see that if you are more drawn or have addictive personalities, or it's even just part of you genetically and within your DNA to probably not go down that route or down, down that path. I should insert here that I I haven't been able to get there where I was when I was 18 for those two weeks. I haven't been able to get there. I get glimpses and, you know, I, I really can high vibe, but I can get in the <laughs> vortex and every day I'm, I'm in the vortex. And then also a lot of days I'm, I'm not, I'm like, you know, we, it's natural for us to go up and down the emotional scale. It's natural. And that's something I wanted to bring up is when you hear a law of attraction coach or somebody say good vibes only, that's someone you need to run away from because that is not, it's it's not good vibes only, positive vibes only. Sure, it's great to have a high frequency and a high vibe, but we also need to experience and process our feelings. Um, There is something called toxic positivity where you suppress your feelings and you, that's just denial. We need, we are here, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Don't forget to be human. That's how Mm -hmm. we learn. That's how we grow. And when you stuff those feelings down, it's actually, you're doing yourself a huge disservice because it causes all kinds of problems that, that traumas, things like that still live in our body. So we need to process that. We need to acknowledge feelings um, more as, you know, like what I've learned to do is kind of be the observer of my feelings. We are not our thoughts. A lot of people think we are. Um, that's the ego. And we need to become the witness of our thoughts. And something I say a lot is it really interesting. Isn't that interesting that I thought that because then I'm kind of outside of it, witnessing it instead of becoming my thoughts. And that's how you go into that downward spiral. And I do have reactions like social media. I think it's tough. There's a lot of, I don't know if people realize this, but the platform of social media is you, you, you put yourself out there for spiritual and psychic attacks all the time. So you, you need to be really grounded and, and there's, there's stuff that, yeah, you, you know how it is. So, um, 
There's things that I do to protect myself from that because there's just a lot of people who actually go out of their way to say negative things to someone like who's trying to help, who's like, a, you know, I don't, I don't like the word light worker, but I'm trying to think of a better word, you know, someone who's trying to bring more light into this world, you know, and then they want to, it's like their goal to misunderstand you and tear you down, things like that. So it's really, it's really, you got to protect yourself before getting on those platforms, but definitely acknowledge feelings. It's so important to, to not do the good vibes only thing. So I will react to those people for a minute. You know, like I have things that I do to get out of it very quickly. Like I'm still human. I still feel feelings, but I don't stay there. I don't dwell in those lower frequencies because I know that we're always creating, we're always manifesting. So what we're feeling and thinking now is what we're going to experience in the future. So I still process, but I'm, I've just gotten really good at it. And it's just practice because it's really not harder to think in a positive, optimistic way than it is to think in a negative way. We just have so much more practice with the negative right? Like we've like most of our lives, most people have had negative programming. I think it's, it's Joe Dispenza or maybe Bruce Lipton, but probably Bruce Lipton who says 95% of us are just running on subconscious programming and patterns. And we're thinking the same thoughts from the day before and the day before and the day before. And that is why we don't change, you know? So it's really important. And this is part of my coaching is bringing someone's subconscious stuff into the conscious awareness. So we can become aware of it so we can heal it. And then we can reprogram ourselves. Neuroplasticity is a real thing. Dr. Joe Dispenza is huge. He's somebody I recommend anybody follow. He's fantastic. Mm -hmm. He is amazing. So um, he's really put it out there like we've been kind of lied to a little bit that our brains don't change. Well, yes, they certainly do. And we have that power and that's something I want to do is empower people to know that they actually can change. They don't, they're not stuck with their childhood wounds and, you know, unhealed and programs from, of lack and all these things. Cause that's why all of my sessions are so different because you got to meet people where they are. Everybody's in a different place. You got to kind of, we don't, I don't dwell in people's past. I don't dwell in those old vibrations for very long, but I do need to know a little bit about their background and their history um, for the reprogramming part of it. Yeah. And you say something important. Well, several things there that were important, but also what I kept hearing in my mind was the consciousness, the duality between the consciousness and the subconsciousness. And when we think about spiritual awakenings or when we start to become aware more of either not the why we're doing something, just even being aware. I call it, I I used to be, it felt asleep. Like you're on autopilot. You're going through your life. Like you said about the thoughts, you aren't necessarily knowing that those are ruminating or kind of going on in the background, uh, i.e. your subconscious, but also consciously. And until you start to focus on that and become more aware of it and then observe and not maybe necessarily react just yet, but then understand, okay, these were programs or things that, you know, make me or have me do these certain things, then you become empowered to not just understand that, but then what other actions, what kind of change do you want to enact and then moving forward from there? Absolutely. You nailed it. And it's different for everybody too. Like that's why, that's why, you know, I am coming out with some workshops, but I'm just a big fan of one-on-one just because of, of that reason is, is it's so much easier for someone else is, you know, the hardest thing for us to see is ourselves. We'll put it that mm-hmm. way. So to have someone, you know, 
a lot of clients, like they will just having a sounding board. They, they, you know, cause I believe everyone has inner guidance. They should always listen to their inner guidance first. Like if, if I say something that doesn't resonate, don't listen to me, listen to your inner guidance always before anyone. And, you know, even psych, psychics, like I think that I, I totally am obsessed with psychics, by the way. I've probably seen no less than 300 different psychics in my life. I have some favorites right now. Nicole, you're wonderful. We got to tell that story about how we met, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But um, you still use your, we create our own reality. So make sure that when, when I see a psychic, it's not dangerous for me because I know that psychics are only seeing your current vibration. They're only able to read current and then possible outcomes. But at the end of the day, we have free will. We create our own reality. We use a psychic for guidance. Do not say, oh no, this is definitely what's going to happen. No, use it and, and shift things. Use them to shift things. This is the road I'm going down. Well, I don't want that to happen. So that's where I want to empower people that you have the power to change anything. I've done that where I've heard some, someone say something and I've done the exact opposite just out of spite. A yes, psychic. Yes. You're a rebel. You're a yes. Rebel. And I did exactly what she told me not to just because. And yeah, anyway, it's it's insane when you think about sometimes how much power people give to others. So just like you yes. said, it's really about, it's almost like taking a pulse check <laughs> of I'm feeling this or experiencing this. What do you think? And being able to have that discussion and guidance. And then if it resonates with you, then decide based on what you just said, free will and choice. Because to your point also about law of attraction and the free will and choice, we also have the power to change things to some extent, maybe not everything, but there's a, there's, right. there's some limitations. There's a limit but, to our free will. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, for sure. But for the most part, sky's the limit <laughs> to some extent. Yeah. I heard, um, I just listened to a podcast the other day with Don Miguel Ruiz Jr., and he said, our ability to control is ends at our fingertips. Like basically we can control our own vibration, but we, we don't have the, we don't, we can influence other people's vibration. I think like we can, by being in a high frequency ourselves, we are going to affect other people. We are able to raise their vibration a little bit and we're able to lower their vibration if we come in at a, a low frequency at them. But, but for the most part, we all control our own vibration. I can't control your vibration and um, vice versa. So, but we do have control over our own vibration. Mm-hmm. That is something we do, mm-hmm. we, we do have. And that's what I like to empower people with yeah. for sure. And this message came in to me a few years ago, which I've said several times on the podcast is that we all have our u- own unique resonance and spiritual vibration. And if we focus on that ourselves and each individual person to be that light and to experience what we need to experience, it does have a ripple effect, but the ripple effect, I never really described this visually, is like a drop of, you know, putting your finger in the water and it kind of ripples out. At some point it stops. But if everybody else has that ripple effect and it all connects, that's how we're connected Mm -hmm. and it all merges together. And to your point about vibration, we can control that frequency and how fast, slow, high, low, whatever you want to call it, it raises the shifts within that. But yes, we can't control the outcome with someone else and what that looks like. And something that I think your audience would would be really helpful is, you know, a lot of people are like, well, law of attraction doesn't work for me, you know, because I've tried it. It doesn't work for me. But the thing is, the thing that they're not understanding, because they might know someone they might be comparing themselves to someone else who's having a lot of success at it. Well, we have something called a point of attraction. 
So that, and that's based on a few different things. It's based on your childhood programming. Like we were talking about earlier, all of those patterns, all of your beliefs since birth, really. And then you, you add into that your momentum on a certain subject. So I'm going to have a different point of attraction for relationships. By the way, relationships, a huge addiction, huge addiction. Like most of my clients are going to be relation, relationship addictions, huge. And that goes back to childhood wounds and all of the things. So I might have a horrible momentum with relationships, but an amazing point of attraction with um, money and abundance and career and success, right? So it's like you have a different point of attraction on different subjects. And then the third thing is how you feel right now. So those three things go into each subject and that's why it gets so complicated and it's so individual and unique for each person. So it's different point of attraction. And then another thing that a lot of people don't know that totally changed my life was, and and this is so important with law of attraction. I just feel like I got to get a megaphone and tell the world. A lot of times we think like we only attract what we are, but that's not true. There's so many things, anything we have an energetic spark with. So for instance, Greg Braden, I I give him credit for this. He does something called uh, the seven mirrors on YouTube. It's amazing. He's got a little mullet in the video. It's very old, (laughs) but he does this really good. It's a, it's an expansion on law of attraction. And what he talks about he goes through a lot of things, but the number one thing that really connected the dots for me was judgment. So I kept attracting, this is a great example for relationships. And I had a bad momentum, a bad point of attraction with relationships. And I'm like, why do I keep attracting liars and cheaters and flaky people? Like I'm the opposite of that. You know, I, I pride myself on, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to be there. I, I don't, I don't lie. Like I've know too much about, you know, law of attraction and karma and things coming back to you and everything, what you, what goes around comes around. So I stay away from all of that stuff, but I kept attracting liars and cheaters and flaky people. And it's, I'm like, why is that? Well, what Greg Braden explains in this video is we also, if you, if it's not what you are in the moment, it's what you judge in the moment, what you judge that you also attract because of that energetic spark. It's an energy we're putting out. So it doesn't have to be that you are it. I'm judging it. That's enough to attract it. Does that make sense? It puts that wow, spark out there. Yeah. And it changed my life. It changed my life. I had to do a judgment detox, you know, and start having compassion for people who are liars. Like, you know, that's really sad that they feel like they have to lie and cheat and do all these things in order to get someone to love them or something. You know, you have, there's ways that you can change that around so you're not judging them anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, what I love about the conversation we're having is it's, I don't want to say it's less about addiction because I'm not minimizing that. It's more about spiritual recovery because when you were talking about judgment, I, was brought back to a moment in my life where I would say, I don't judge. (laughs) And then I, and then I noticed, I was like, I judge all the time. That person doesn't going back to the workaholic aspect. That person doesn't work as hard as I do. There's this, that, and it was just this, and it took me couple years, quite frankly, I'm not saying that there's still not judgment, but at least I'm able to catch myself and, or try not to when I'm in those moments. And I noticed, wow, the things I didn't think were judgment are actual judgments. It's like we also, when we feel sorry for someone, that also can be yes. a judgment. Oh, I feel sorry We're putting for ourselves mm-hmm. above them, right? Right. And it's also an energy too. Like you said, that spark, it's that you're putting that out there, whether, and you may not realize that you are. And it's the opposite. The other thing I was getting was, 
the, I, I do a lot of work or try and help people, I should say, with when we were talking about emotions that you were discussing earlier. When we're feeling something, uh, I went through a big moment of anxiety too, where I was feeling all of it. And I noticed I needed to sit with it. I needed to respect that anxiety. I needed to, yes, there was all the things of going in deeper to figure out what was the cause. But ultimately, when I would feel that anxiety come up, I was given the visual of an empty cup. And so if I didn't fill that cup back up with something else, joy, peace, bliss, happiness, whatever, then that anxiety would kind of come back in the cup because energy creates space. So what you're talking about too, about that energetic spark, whether it's through judgment or everything else, it's the same thing through emotion, through our intention, hence the law of attraction. We're kind of what I'm realizing, the law of attraction, while it has been, I think, over... (laughs) sanitized or overused and so much that people are like, "Ah, I don't want to talk about law of attraction and manifesting. It's still, it's an energetic concept. It's a universal law of how things work and operate. And that's really what you are helping people do is understand not just our thoughts and our thoughts not being part of ourselves, but how our energy attracts and how our intentions attract, whether we want it or not, and how to be more conscious and aware of how that operates with us in our day-to-day lives. Exactly. And I have a saying, I don't think you'll have to bleep this out. Um, (laughs) It's a little bit of a colorful word, but um, I've never heard anyone else say this. So um, I say you can't, because to go back to what you were saying about emotions, because by the way, emotions are a manifestation. So you can't bullshit the universe, meaning you, what you feel is what you're going to attract. And you, and, and it doesn't matter. Like if you're in denial about what you're feeling, you're still going to try. Like I was in denial about judgment and what you said, I never thought of this before, Nicole, but what you just said, you said like, um, you're judging if someone like that person works, doesn't work as hard as me. Comparison. We can always compare. I never even thought of that. It's a judgment. I never thought about that. Like when we compare ourselves, that's the same thing as judging. Going back to social media, this person has this many followers or this much engagement or it's like comparison. It's still a judgment. It's still, anyway, we we could talk all day about that. But yeah, in my mind, and it's not also, I then had to stop judging myself for judging too. (laughs) That's the other thing. It's this vicious cycle. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, we really like, that's another reason people get really stuck is, is we don't forgive ourselves and we don't forgive other people. Like that is a huge thing that to, to, to get to that next step, to, to up level your life is forgiveness. And it's, that's the hardest, you know, that's so hard for people to do is just finally forgive themselves, but it's the most important, I'm going to say the most important thing. And forgiving yourself for maybe not being able to forgive in that moment too. Cause sometimes it's a process. I'm not trying to complicate it. That's the other thing that just came in because sometimes people are like, I'm not ready to forgive yet. And then you're judging yourself for that. And then you're being your, and it's, it's all about just stop. Just it's stop a process. and you're right. And you're breathe right. and be okay with where you are at any moment in your life and your experiences, and sit with it for a moment to say, okay, is this something I'm all right with again for this moment in time? And or then now, if not, what do I eventually need to do to create a different type of experience or existence? And the biggest piece of that is what I'm hearing is you being able to understand, recognize first and become aware of it and then understand it from a lens of compassion and empathy and then deciding what needs to be done from there. Yeah, for yourself and others, we need to have... I think sometimes... 
we don't, we, we are like, we can be compassionate to other people, but we're so hard on ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. we're very self-critical and that's, that's, we got to turn that around. And you, like you said earlier, it's all about catching yourself. It's all, and this is all practice. And by the way, this is daily work. And that is something I think people don't realize this. And it gets easier. It gets easier and easier every day. It just becomes part of your life, like brushing your teeth. It's just, but it's, you have to do it every day. Just like you, just the energetic work is what I'm talking about. Just like that when we go to a gym to work out our muscles, you don't go one, one time and, or you get, you know, you have a good day and you're like, okay, I'm done working out and you're just going to keep your muscles. No, this is work we have to do every single day to stay, keep energetically strong, keep in a high frequency as much as possible. Don't beat yourself up when you're at a lower frequency. It happens to everybody. You just catch yourself. And then you, you, there are things that's kind of what my coaching's about too, is there are things that we can do to get ourselves out of that lower frequency as soon as possible. But, you know, don't get upset with yourself. It's just being human and we're all human and we're supposed to be having a human experience. Like I said earlier, like, yes. it's okay, that's what we're here for. And we usually say it's, it's part of our, yes, exactly. It's part of our spiritual growth and journey, but also I keep hearing spiritual recovery of that is like, you know, again, it's a learning process for all of us as we're going through these things. I do want to get to a little bit more, if we can maybe paraphrase or summarize, because you do do a lot and offer a lot for people with the law of attraction or anything else that you want to maybe call out related to how you work or maybe some ways that people can, you know, start to incorporate these things more into their life. So essentially, not just if people were to come to you, what would you advise people? Like, what are those first steps to getting on the road to spiritual recovery or working within themselves? Well, a lot of it is just the first thing is awareness. So if you even feel like like something I said resonated with you, here's what I did. Like I, and, and by the way, if somebody is life's AA and they think it's great, I I would never discourage somebody for doing AA. But if, if you're like me, an AA is not good for you. Cause I did try AA for me. It kept me in the older vibration and it kept me from moving forward. It made me want to drink. Does that make sense? So in other people, it's great. It gives them the social outlet. It gives them something to do during the time they would normally be drinking. Or structure. They need the structure. And, and you know, that's a great point, Nicole, because I really hate structure. So like, I'm, <laughs> I like my freedom. I don't want to have to have structure. So that's, that's part of me, uh, my personality. So so I've, I know there's got to be other people out there like me who it just didn't work for them. And in fact, it worked in a more negative way. It kept you st- stuck in that old vibration. So, but if you're like me, what you want to do is start, we, like I said earlier, we kind of brainwash ourselves with all of this negative stuff, like our whole lives. It's the, it's reprogramming. It's becoming aware. It's knowledge. Just follow people who are good role models and who, who are Follow people who are where you want to be, study them, learn. You don't have to hire a coach. Hiring a coach is good because it's like, you're going to get to your goals faster. Like you're going to get to your goals faster if you hire someone who's been doing it for 20 years. And then, cause I feel like I wasted a lot of time where I, like it could have been. Yeah. There's some accountability. Mm-hmm. And also there is something we said about paying somebody for something. People really pay attention when they're paying. They just do. And they kind of take for granted things that are free and they, you know, kind of throw that information away. So there, there's so many good things about coaching. Plus you have someone who's already always hire someone who's been through exactly what you need help with, not just someone who's read the books. Okay. You want someone who's been through, been through it. 
because they're going to be, they're going to resonate, relate to you, and they're going to be most helpful. So number one is making that, just becoming aware of the problem and then really get, you know, following the right people, positive messaging. I have a, I published a deck of cards called Addiction Recovery with the Law of Attraction, and they have all of the techniques on them. I call them that. It was a download. This wasn't like my idea. Yeah, yeah, share, yeah, share that because that's actually kind of sort of how we met. I have a friend and named Marcia. She, I'm sure she'll be listening to this because Hi, she's the one who told me about your po- podcast. Yeah, Marcia, see ha, hello. So, um, she one day sends me your podcast and it's like you're gonna love her. And I was, I was like, oh, okay, a psychic story. So she knows, obviously knows me because yes, I three three hundred psychic nailed yes. it, <laughs> nailed it. Three hundred psychics later. And, um, so I started listening and I got obsessed. Like the, I, I was, I listened to, like, I got like caught up or whatever, you know, I, I mean, I listened to quite a few every day that week. So it was a week. And then the victory of light expo here in Cincinnati, which I think now they call body, mind, spirit. Something, I think they call it yeah. something else now. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Victor Pruta <laughs> for, he was the one who uh, started it, the victory of light. And so I've been going for so many years, so many years. And I was leaving. So before I went to the Victory of Light Expo, I actually was guided to bring three decks of cards to give away as a gift, to gift them. I was guided to do this. I just knew I had to. And that's kind of like my clairs are claircognizance and clairsentience, clear knowing and clear feeling. So I I take those, that when I get those little nudges, I take that inspired action every time. Because especially when I'm in a high-vibing mood, I know something good's going to happen. I'm going to get a nice spiritual rendezvous out of this when I take that inspired action. So that's what I did. I took that inspired action, brought the three decks of cards. And it it was like, right when I got there, someone, it, it, I had a conversation. I was like, oh my gosh, here's, I knew that she was one of the people that needed the decks of cards. And then another person and then, you know, I wasn't there that long because remember I had my dog with me. Mm-hmm. Your little cutie patootie. He's Rico Suave. is so cute. So I had my little long hair chihuahua with me and he was getting restless. So I was leaving. And as I was walking out, I walked by your booth and I see a psychic story. And, and I was, was like, right at the oh end. Gosh. Everything was like shutting down. Mm-hmm. Everything was shutting down. I was leaving. Oh, maybe that's why I was leaving. Maybe I'm blaming my dog. <laughs> maybe it was over. They're like, they, okay, they kicked me out, Nicole. That's what really happened. But yeah, so I was like, oh my, and I had to talk to you. Yeah, because your co-host was there and he was heading out. That's right. Your co-author, yes, that was there. Mm -hmm. And so then I actually, I sat down and I talked to you and I tell the story about Marsha. And then I was like, I just heard, you know, was guided to hand you the deck. Cause and I was leaving without giving that, I I didn't even realize I wasn't even giving that last deck away. I was like, oh my gosh. And here, here, that's, this is why I still have this third deck. It's for you. And you said, I cannot believe you just did that. My guides or your guides told you that you were going to receive a free deck of cards, right? Mm-hmm. And you were thinking, it was, you were so funny because you said, I have the last thing I need is another deck of cards, you know, and I, you <laughs> didn't want to buy, you know, buy a deck. And they said, they said, no, 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 you're not going to buy. It's going to be free. And there was like somebody selling all those decks of cards. Like, yeah. And I kept looking at it for two days straight. I was like, I am not buying another deck of cards. I'm not doing it. You were like in resistance mode. <laughs> And then here I am. And it's so funny because we both, you know, were heard that guidance and then mm-hmm. it just worked out. Mm-hmm. And then now here we are talking on your episode and it's amazing. I love that. So that's a divinely coordinated spiritual rendezvous. And that is one of the things that my coaching helps is helps people 
to, to learn how to do those kinds of things mm-hmm. and how to really get to know their own inner guidance. I don't want people to rely on me. I want to give them to the tools so that they can do this themselves, right? And once this is stuff that once you know it, you don't unknow it. There's no turning back. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when we sat down, when you gave me the cards, what I also really thoroughly love about the conversation is you were saying that I think you were on a walk and correct me if I'm misremembering this. And you had this intuitive knowing and guidance to work on a deck. And while it has the lens of addiction and recovery there, it really helps people, what I would call through spiritual recovery or really processing any sorts of spiritual experiences. And you pull the messages and you can apply those in everyday life. And I just thought it was so cool that not only did we have our spiritual matchmakers putting us in touch, but it was about a topic that I've really been wanting to cover for quite a while because we tend to replace one thing for another and not go within and understand. So it was just so beautiful the way it all kind of came together. Yeah. I was out walking my dog one day and in and, and, and this in the vortex, I was definitely in the vortex that day. And the, it was a download of, of these cards. And so, and I knew, I just know how it works. When you get those ideas, you guys, you got to jump on them because you are tapped into a higher frequency. It can go by the way you feel. If you're feeling like really passionate about it, you, you've got to, ju- you've got to jump in there. There was a funny story, Prince, you know, the uh, singer, mm-hmm. the artist known as Formerly known as Prince and then Prince. Formerly again. known as Prince, yeah. <laughs> I just heard this the other day, but he was saying something about, I mean, there's a story where he said to his band, he called them at 3 a.m. And he's like, you guys, we got to get in the studio. We got to get in the studio. And they're like, can't we do it like in three hours? And he's like, no, we got to get an hour or else Michael Jackson's going to take it. So he knew, like he knew how it worked. Like when you get these inspired things, it's being put out there and you need to grab it. You need to grab it. It's yeah, it's not just you, it's whoever is tuned into that frequency. So that's why you need to jump in there and do that. Do we have time for me to tell you that angel story about me seeing the angels? I was hoping you would. We have plenty of time. We're not rushed. I, yeah, I was actually hearing ask her about the angel stories. So this is perfect. See, there we go. Oh, I just got full body goosebumps. Okay. So um, I actually called my, so this was has to do with my hairstylist. <laughs> her name is Faith. And I actually called her today because I wanted to make sure that I got the story perfectly. I know she's going to be listening because I, I, I definitely don't want to ever exaggerate. So she has been struggling with, this was pre-COVID and she's still trying to figure it out actually, but she's been having, struggling with really, really severe health issues, like immune stuff, like Lyme disease, things like, you know, she's just really struggling, just really it's, it's not good. And she's younger and she has younger, um, children too, daughters. And she's been really scared doing everything alternative. She could everything holistic. She's very into all of this stuff. And I do a thing where I pray every morning and I invite the angels into my day. I invite my guides into my day, you know, source energy, you know, whatever you want. That's how I say it. And I, I ask for serendipity synchronicities throughout my day. I I highly recommend it. I I have three little alarms where I do three different prayers. And one of them is I invite, like I ask to be a unit of light to help at least one person each day, you know, with something that they need. And she told me this morning, she said she did a prayer that morning, which I already knew, but I wanted to ask her, I said, what was your prayer? And she said, my prayer was to the angels also. And she said, I asked for a direct message from the angels. Okay. So, um, I'm sitting there just at the salon, like I've been going to her for so long and 
I was just looking around her all of a sudden I see all of these orbs of beautiful colors of light just dancing around on the walls and stuff and just and I was like what are all these I said I'm like because you know some someone takes a photo sometimes you still see that mm-hmm. it's like flashes like your eye like the sensitivity with your eyes yeah yeah and it was just beautiful colors all different colors just dancing all around and it was only in her station I didn't see it anywhere else um so, and now she works, and this was a year ago, because I asked her that too, it was a year ago. Now she works on her own out of her house, actually because of her health issues, she needed to get out of that. She worked at Kim Harper Salon in Mason. You might even know since you're here in Cincinnati. So that's where she worked and she, she didn't see it. And I'm like, does anyone else see it? No one else. It, and it lasted about five solid minutes where I'm just seeing these lights dancing all around. And she, and I explained to her what was happening, and I'm like, you, you don't say. I thought she was messing with me. That there's no way she doesn't see this. And she goes, Oh my God, my sister Temple, so her sister psychic. She goes, That's how she sees angels as these colorful orbs of lights, and they're always like going to the corners and doing everything that I was describing to Faith as they were doing. So I was like, Oh my gosh, and. Okay, so later that day, and this is how I am with all my psychic experience. I'm totally into it. I'm like, oh my God, it was the coolest thing that ever happened. And then later I'm like, did that even really happen? <laughs> you know, like, you know, you blow it up. Like I literally see spirits and later like, did, but was that real though? But so um, I think we all do that. We all question ourselves. Faith actually saw a spirit in her house and she was telling me, she was like, she said, I do the same thing. I was, I questioned it. And, but it, it's, it's just something, it's human, but it just seems so crazy. So that night, and I, so Jen Dundee, is that lady I was telling you about, she's got to be a guest on your show. She is so amazing. The angels messages that come She I, I, for years. By the way, Marsha, the one from Austin who introduced me to your show, her dad's the one who found Jen Dundee. So there's all these awesome connections. And so I've been talking to her for, she, is, she has, she works with a team of angels. She talks to all of them, all the big wigs, Michael, Raphael, Gabriel, <laughs> all of them. So she works with a team, team of angels that started with a traumatic experience she had. That's what triggered her abilities. So I was like, I, this was driving me crazy about the experience with the, the angels. And I wanted validation. So I texted Jen Dundee and she's going to be listening to your show. This because I told her I was going to be on here. And so I got permission. I'm like, can I bring up your name? And she's like, sure, sure. So she, um, she sends me, she goes, oh my gosh. She said, yes, those were faith's angels. There were 13 of them, which is a lot. And, and Jen didn't know anything about faith. And she said, but apparently faith needs a lot of angels right now. And the message is you are safe. So I didn't, I couldn't do all of that for her. I could see the angels, but this is the universe going, this chick has a big mouth. She's going, she's got connections with angel people. She's going to, they knew it was all coordinated that way. Cause they know that I'm not going to shut up about it. And I'm going to ask somebody who knows, and then I can deliver the message to faith. That is so cool. Yes. I, and it's also so amazing that you saw them for like a full five minutes, five minutes, because when I see them, I've been trying to practice where when they finally come up, it's almost like out of the corner of your, your eye or you see it, but when you try and focus, it disappears. But more and more, I give an example, like through the stereogram, it's like you're supposed to focus, but not focus. Anyway, there's a whole thing about it. But the full five minutes, that's so cool. But I think, do you know what that tells me? My feeling is that faith just really needed it. And it needed to be because I'm actually, even though a lot of people think I'm woo-woo, I'm actually extremely practical, extremely logical, Mm -hmm. extremely rational. And I needed it to be 
in my face for five minutes for me to get to the point where I'm going to say something. So I didn't blow it off. Yeah, well, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. The full five minutes was not just a fleeting moment where you've been like, yeah, it's evidence of this was not just high by. This was her asking, you asking, that coordination, them appearing and manifesting to such a way that what a beautiful thing for you to be able to do and make that connection for her and the message of you're safe. Or she's safe. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And 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 that was the that's the gift that Jen has is she actually sees them and she hears them and very clearly, like I've had so many sessions with her for guidance, and she's that she's just so amazing. Like I I like I said, she's top two. I got two favorites, top two out of three hundred, eight too shabby. Well, so Mary Beth, how can people reach you? So my link tree is the best way. Are you going to post it in the show notes? But it's but I'm day one life coaching D A Y O N E. Somebody else has the uses the number one <laughs> day one life coaching.com. I'm Mary Beth Strutter. I'm all all over. I'm on every platform: TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, both as my company name, Day One Life Coaching, and also Mary Beth Strutter. All right, S C H R U D D E R. So my addiction recovery with the law of attraction cards, it's a deck of 44 cards. You pick one every day. And it what it does is it teaches you law of attraction techniques, like the the, the correct way that I've been studying for all these years, that all of the things that have been confusing to you, it's going to make sense while at the same time helping you with addiction. So those I'm giving 25% off to anyone who listens to this and wants to order them. And all you do, the discount code is psychic. Keep it simple. I like it. Keep it simple. Psychic. Yeah. I was going to do the whole psychic story, but, and then also I have essential oils that I, I, you can also get those. Those are meant to raise your vibration. I have four different, four different, um, products by Pyre, synchronicity, serendipity, and manifest it. So those are made on the, the intention energetically is to raise your vibration and, they are medicinal. Instead of using like toxic perfumes, I had to get rid of perfumes. Another thing I had to let go of. <laughs> oh no, I love my I love my perfumes, but yeah, they giving me migraines. You know, toxins in it, unfortunately. So instead of toxins, I created and you know I create things that are going to help people that helped me. And so instead of it, these are going to raise your vibration, and they are going to help you um, manifest things, help you with spiritual rendezvous. Like I use them every day. They smell divine and, but they don't have any toxins and they actually are going to help you instead of hurt you. And I know, I know what you mean. Listen, I, I, I love perfumes, but I just, I can't, I couldn't do it anymore. So that's why I made these oils. Baby steps, baby steps. Well, thank you so much, Mary Beth. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at a psychicstory.com. Have a question? Is there a topic you'd like to hear more about or have a suggestion for a future guest? Send an email to contact at a psychicstory.com or leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you and you may even be featured on a future episode. If you're interested in booking a session with me, you can do that directly on the website. And if you want to hear even more content hosted by yours truly, check out my other show, Supernatural Matters.
Reminder that you are automatically entered to win either a free 20-minute intuitive or energy healing session with me if you leave five stars along with a positive review. Currently, reviews can be left on Apple, Stitcher, Podchaser, or CastBox podcast players. Don't forget to email contact at a psychicstory.com when you do, because it allows me to get in touch with you if your name is pulled in the drawing. Your name stays in until you win.